0: Coming to you from the pit in Royal Grande, California. Your hosts, John Hackleman and Dr. James Casper. It's time for Pitmaster and the Doc. Hey guys, Pitmaster here. I'm here with the doc. John, good to see you. I gotta put up these other videos. I have, I have like a video I didn't put up yet of our, our thing, but I will. Um, but don't forget, all of our podcasts get up right away on SoundCloud and iTunes. So check it out. And if you really want to watch the video, uh, they'll be up. They'll be up. Believe me. But anyway, okay, we're gonna talk about UFC Nashville, one thirty four, one forty five. I forget, but I it was know. in Nashville, Tennessee. ESPN something. Um, it was on ESPN, and the main event was Steven Wonderboy Thompson against Anthony Showtime Pettis. Um And I'm getting a call right now from Sam Hoger, and I'll get that call in a sec. I love you, Sam, if you're watching, but I'll, I'll get this phone phone call. Um, okay, now I lost count. Okay. So we're talking about the main event. Main event. So
1: Steve Thompson and Anthony Perez. I thought this was going to be a good fight. It, yeah,
0: and it was a good short fight. Um, Um, Stephen Wonderboy Thomas used his length and his beautiful uh, linear strikes. Karate style. Yeah, both punching and um, kicking to win the first round. Um, He won it pretty big. I think he won it all cards. But then during that winning first round, uh, Anthony Perez was getting in a lot of good leg kicks. He was more the Muay Thai guy because he's a Muay Thai guy and a Taekwondo guy who's also very good at takedown and takedown defense and submissions. He's basically an everything guy. Uh, Wonder Boy Thompson is a very good stand-up guy who has good takedown defense. Um, so the first round he won by
1: long sidekicks, jabs, some right hands, Um and but con- controlling the distance for the most part, I thought. He controlled the distance. He was retreating a lot, but controlling the distance. And I also like seeing two strikers fighting that were different styles. That was,
0: that it was, was good a- because um, Anthony Perez is, is, is a striker. He's a Taekwondo guy, but he's adapted to everything. So he can, he can, he can turn on his Taekwondo at any time, as you did see a couple of spinning techniques of his own. But then, boom, he can also turn on his Muay Thai and start leg kicking. Right, and he did that, too. So uh, you saw a little of everything. It was a good first round, but a lot better for Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. And the beginning of the second round was no different. But uh, Perez was landing those round uh, leg kicks a little bit more. But Wonderboy was still throwing those linear techniques until... The, wow. I think it was like five seconds left. Five seconds left. In round two. Wow. I didn't even know that it was that close to the end. He landed a beautiful sidekick that, that propelled Anthony Perez up against the cage, propelled him. He used that cage like a slingshot, came back with a Superman punch. And the problem was, after Steven Wonderboy Thompson threw that sidekick, he stood there for a second like Bruce Lee instead of moving right away. So him standing there for that split second, that Superman got there before he could uh, react. So he should have been proactive by moving right after the sidekick. But who's going to think, with that distance,
1: who would have thought that Perez would have come back that quickly? That's exactly what I thought is is uh, Steven Thompson has the range down. He has the distance. He has the longer reach or longer arms, longer kicks. And he creates enough space where he's safe and he has his guard down. That guy fights. That's his fighting style. With his hands down by his sides. He just has super quick reflexes normally.
0: He does. He does. And and, and, and he was not expecting that, but he pa- he he paused and he, he froze. He threw that side kick. And then he like got in his like, ah, like... He was waiting for the judges to call a point, like in a point fighting karate match. You throw a hard technique, ah, and then you make a little pose, and then you get the you get the point because then the judges think, "Wow, he must have got the point point." But this isn't a karate match, and Stephen Wonderboy Thomas is so good. He he hardly ever 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 makes a mistake, and this mistake was a tiny fraction of a second mistake. But that fraction of a second of him standing there.
1: Cost him the fight. Yeah, and has he been knocked out before? I have no idea. I don't think so. I don't think I've seen him. I'd have to go back and look. I don't know if I've seen him knocked out before. And he got knocked out bad. He's he's badly. been dropped though. He's been dropped pretty bad. He got knocked out very badly. And he was out with the first that first punch, but he took two more. Yeah. Herb if it's a good one to watch the replay to see what a ref does, but it was luckily Herb Dean was in there and he was <laughs> on top of it. You could see as soon as before Stephen Thompson hit the ground, Uh, Herb Dean's running over to get in the way, but not before Anthony Pettis got two more strikes on his head, which is pretty brutal. Yeah, it was. And, 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 And Herb Dean is such a good referee, but you can't be
0: everywhere. You can't be right there. You're... You it's a it's a dynamic fight and it's always moving and you're always in
1: different angles. He couldn't, he couldn't have got there any faster. He was yeah. on it. He was on it. It's yeah. just that's how fight how fast those fights happen. Yeah, yeah. But it also shows the, the, what a good matchup this was that it was going the other way, and in a split second it turned around. You know these two guys fight five times and you could find you know probably get five different five different outcomes. Probably, <laughs> but but you know I, I don't know on another day of the week I think. Okay, name, okay. Thompson could have won that fight too. Right, so there's two outcomes. Give me three more. Well, he could have won by submission. He could have won by, could have been a tie. Could have been a no contest. There's at least two more. (laughs) But it was a great fight. um,
0: And it showed a lot about both of them. It showed how good Thompson is. I I mean, that could have happened to anyone. Um, I mean, the guy propelled himself. He was propelled off the cage. Like he's used that cage for the Showtime kick. Well, what's this? the Showtime punch? I think it would be called the... the Showtime Superman punch? Yeah, Showtime (laughs) Superman punch. It's just the way he... His instincts are so uh, creative. I mean, he's like against the cage. And while he was there, they just like spur of the moment. And all of a sudden, he turned into a Superman punch and came forward. I mean, what... Instincts, what creativity! What a great
1: fighter. Both of them are great fighters. I think this is what makes the most exciting fighters is creativity. You can watch another fight where they just wrestle the whole time, but watching a fight where there's creativity, I think, makes fans. They uh, yeah for both of them.
0: I think I think that's a big thing. I think I think what makes fans is a lot of things like, but creativity. Like like Tyson had no creativity, but he had fans because he had a killer knockout punch. Somebody like. Some somebody like uh, uh, Anthony Perez, his creativity is pro- his creativity and his adaptability is probably his main things, and he's he people love watching Anthony Showtime Perez fight. It's like, and they love watching Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. He has crazy creativity too. He he turned a whole sport of point fighting karate, he brought it into the octagon, tweaked it just a little bit, and he made it work he's the number four welterweight in the world for a reason. He made his karate background, point-fighting karate style work. And he's a, he's a phenomenal... Both of them are, without a doubt, crazy, phenomenally great
1: fighters. With a lot of respect for each other. Which a, lot, is a lot. Something we always talk about on this show, but seeing fighters that respect each other it's, and are fighting for the sport really makes for a good event. A much better event. And, and this fight was, was that all the way through
0: for that match. So, good good main event. Good man. Yeah. Se- the per- semi-main was the opposite of good. Um it was basically fucking boring. It was fucking boring. Nothing. I'm not taking anything away of John Justin Willis um or or uh, or Blades. Blades is great. He'll he'll be fighting for a title soon. Uh Justin Willis is really good and he's going to I think he's going to make progress. Um he's not quite as I don't think he's I don't think he's quite as experienced, but they're both he very had, good.
1: He had eight wins in a row, I believe. But a fight like this exposes weaknesses. I think. Yeah. yeah. And when Justin Willis goes for his next fight, his opponent's gonna know. You know, hopefully he's been working on his takedown defense, but. Yeah,
0: and 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 to be honest, like coming out of AKA, that's the last thing you would imagine is somebody coming out of their. Ta- I always get shocked. Like when you're coming out of AKA and you're lacking takedown, takedown anything, whether if you're lacking takedowns or takedown defense, that is shocking because their, their, their whole, um, their group, um, is, is forged or built around wrestlers. they they recruit wrestlers for their team, straight wrestlers, straight wrestlers as opposed to gay wrestlers. Um, I think they might have a couple gay wrestlers, but not that I know of. But they have they get wrestlers. Uh, Dwayne Zinken recruits them from different colleges or wherever, and they, they recruit wrestlers like Cain Velasquez and they mold them into you know, they're striking in jiu jitsu and they mold them into great fighters. Um, so I thought this guy was going to be top of the line wrestler, which he probably he's supposedly his, his credentials are good. But not to Blade, not as good as Blade. So it made it a boring fight because Blade just got the takedowns and then held them, did some striking, but it just there wasn't that much action. It was it was it wasn't a great fight. It wasn't a great fight. Um, I hate to say that, but either was the one right before that, Mendessi and Pinedo. This was kind of the difference. It wasn't takedowns versus. Uh, takedown defense. This one was striking versus striking. But because Mandesi was circling away from uh, 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 Pinedo's power, he was circling this way, Pinedo couldn't get anything in, and Mandesi was, was content to just get points in. So it was like, one guy was scoring points, and the other guy was just kind of swinging at the air, but neither one really committed to anything. Um, A couple times towards the end of the round, Pineda would like put his hands up and say, let's go, but neither one of them really went. So it was kind of a boring fight, but again, like the uh, Willis-Blades fight, nothing taken away from the fighters is because they were both so good at their games that it nullified each other and made for a boring fight. Styles make fights, guys. Styles make fights. Sometimes the, the, the average fighters can fight each other and make the best fight in the world. Let's not forget, Mickey Ward Arturo Gatti, one of the best boxing matches of all times. And both of them were, weren't much better than, than, a little higher than mediocre. But because of their styles went together so well, they were slugging it out. Nobody would ever say, I love Forrest Griffin and, uh, and Stefan Bonner. They were really good fighters, never great, but when they fought each other, they made a great fight, right? So these guys, I don't know if they're great or not yet, but they made for a really not great or even good fight.
1: What do you think? I think you said it all. Okay. I think. I have nothing to add on that one. Yeah. Then the flyweights. Oh,
0: and talk about great fights. Let me tell you.
1: This fight exposed...
0: Figuero, Figuero? How do you say it last? Figueredo. Figuero. Figueredo, it exposed him. I love the hard puncher, and if it was boxing, he'd be a lot more exciting. But in MMA, uh, Formiga was able to expose his one-dimensional fighting style. And I love that one-dimensional fighting style. He has great knockouts. So does Fedor. But Fedor also has a beautiful takedown and takedown defense. Okay? And I'm talking about Fedor of old, not of new. But um, Formega was just able to stay outside. And then as soon as... How do you say his name? Figueroa. Figueroa. As soon as Figueredo started any kind of offense, Formega, Formega was able to just take him down. And then stay on top. And then pound him from the top. Except for that one time where he was on, on top. Uh, Formigo was on top and Figueroa was on the bottom and he was able to land a beautiful elbow from the guard. Just like beautiful. And it, it was while Formigo was coming down and it caught him and just ex, ex, like this huge cut on his head. It showed how effective striking can be from the bottom when you're good. Which Figueroa obviously was good at from the bottom. But he, he wasn't, he's so one-dimensional. He wasn't Trying for takedowns, he didn't have a takedown defense, and on the bo- you know, when he was on the ground, you know, he had some striking and some elbows, but he didn't really have an answer for Formiga. Uh, so uh, Formiga just was able to basically, for lack of a better term, just walk right through him, and it was a very one-sided fight. Uh, he was never in in probably He was never in danger of getting hurt. Neither one of them was, really. But Formiga just showed how, how a multi dimensional UFC MMA fighter can almost always beat a one-dimensional fighter. Whether that be one-dimensional jiu-jitsu, one-dimensional wrestling, or one-dimensional striking, you need to be a martial artist, not a partial artist. You have to have them all combined like, uh, like Anthony Showtime Perez. You have to be combined to be a martial artist, because if you only have like one dimension, you're a partial artist and you're going to be exposed. I don't think, I don't think uh, Figueroa will go any farther
1: unless he starts working on his takedown defense. Bing. Well, also, Formiga is, hasn't lost a fight since he fought Henry Cejudo. I had to go back and look in like 2015. So he's the number one contender. But he was the underdog. He's
0: <laughs> he was the underdog in this fight. Was he? I didn't yeah. see that. He was the underdog in this fight because of the punching power of uh, Figueroa. I mean, he has he has that punching power, so everybody's in awe of his punching power, which is unbelievable. He's a knockout puncher, you could tell. But against somebody that has the timing down and the distance controlled, then your punching power is is very limited from your back. It's hard to knock someone out from your back. He was able to cut him once but that's you can't knock someone out from your back very effectively.
1: He had a pretty big gash I think was sewn up in the yeah. post fight interview. Yeah, that
0: was from that elbow.
1: Yeah. Beautiful elbow by Figueredo. Beautiful elbow. But well, he's number one contender for a I don't reason. know if he's getting a title shot a rematch against Henry Cejudo or not.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: I don't know. So, I don't know about that
0: one, but uh what else? Luis Luis Peña against uh Steven Peterson, um, it was an okay fight. I mean, it was Peterson trying to rush and, 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 and make something happen, and, and Pena was circling and using a really good takedown defense, and it, it turned into kind of a, a one-sided, it was definitely a one-sided fight, um, neither was in, tr- in, in ever in any trouble of being KO'd, but, um, uh, Pena landed more strikes, uh, got a couple of takedowns. Um, no, no, he didn't get a take. He defended a few takedowns. Sorry. Um, and he was just able to control everything, mainly the
1: distance. I think Peterson attempted 16 takedowns in that fight. And got He got half of them. Yeah. But when he got them, uh,
0: the, the takedowns. To be honest, they weren't really takedowns. A lot of them, they were like retakedowns. Like he'd get him down, and Pena would always get right back up, and then he would like kind of pull him down again. What do they call that in wrestling? A mat return? Uh, I don't think they call it a takedown. It's like a retakedown. I don't even know. But it didn't look like all those takedowns were takedowns. But because Pena was so good, he trained at AKA as well, and he was as soon as he hit the ground, he started already getting back up, and he caught no damage. And it was it was a one sided fight. Every time he started to get the ground he'd like got right back up and then maybe he'd pull him back again, then he'd get right back up and then he would get up and, and his superior length and strength and, and 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 um distance control won him the fight pretty easily one sided. Um, the only thing I gotta say is it was kinda cheating because he's coming down from fifty five. He couldn't even make forty five. He missed it by a lot. And uh, I don't know. To me, a fight like that's like if you can't make if you're coming down fifty five, if you can't make forty five, stay at fifty five. But if your first fight from fifty five, you I mean, you don't even come close to the weight, the the making the weight, then I mean, then you should just stay at fifty five. But he did have to give up twenty percent of his purse. So all right, so, so there's you, that. Do you fight. know who
1: Bob Ross is? No. Did you ever watch PBS when you were a kid? No. The guy that painted, he painted the trees and he painted the happy clouds. So this guy, Lewis Payne's nickname is his best part, is Violent Bob Ross. It was this guy that would paint these happy trees and he had this huge afro. He had this giant afro. And everyone, like his show, they brought it back and put it on Netflix. It's Bob Ross. It's, a, it's kind of like as a cult following. So this guy's nickname is Violent Bob Ross. Wow. It's a good nickname. There you go. You learned yeah. something. Violent Bob Ross. Violent Bob Ross. I mean, he's pretty good. I think I
0: I think. I think he should stay at 155, especially if he's going to come down and, and brutalize real 45ers and, and not even come close to the way. But, I mean, he's really good. I think he's just... He's 6'3". Stay at 155. And, 6'3", and, 145. Yeah, is crazy. Yeah, he should just stay at 155. But he's really good. He's really good at... He's really good at just about everything, and he's a well-rounded fighter. So, he has, comes from a great camp, and he's a good fighter. So... Now we come to the the first fight of the main card was uh, uh, Macy Barber against
1: J.J. Aldridge. So Macy Barber is a Mark Montoya yeah. fighter. Yeah. Yeah. And she is... She's young, too. Yeah. She's, she's like, like 20. 20.
0: She's 20, and, and they're both really good. J.J. J. Aldridge is more of a somber, straight straight lace, just like meetings business, and she doesn't have as much personality, and...
1: Counter puncher.
0: She's a counter puncher, wasn't yeah. she, in this fight? Uh she's a counter puncher and a power puncher. So yeah. um she comes she's uh she comes from Colorado just like uh Macy does. She's up the street over at uh she's training with uh Thru- Thug uh, Thug you know, Nasty. Thug, no not Thug Nasty. The, thug Nasty's from Arkansas. No. Yeah, she's from she's the champion. Thug, oh Thug Rose. Thug Rose. She's one of Thug Rose's training partners. So she comes from that camp, so she's good, uh, really good. Uh, but Macy is, she just has so much, first of all, she's so aggressive. People love that. And she has such personality. She has like charisma. She's, she's like that uh, Johnny Walker. She's in the ring. She's walking to the cage just smiling. She's like, she loves being there. She can tell, you can tell this is not just like I'm, I'm trying to fight nerves. She loves being there. She's like, she's soaking it in. When they're putting the Vaseline on her and shit, she's soaking it in. When she gets in the cage, she's like, she wants to, she's, that is such a nerve-wracking time. I don't even, I don't remember smiling once getting into the ring. And I never fought in a UFC card. I can not imagine that those nerves, she turns it into just that, happiness and it looks she looks so happy to be there and then she goes out smiling fighting <laughs> slugging trying for a knockout but she was getting countered. and her biggest problem was she was throwing that leg uh, leg kicks mainly leg kicks but she was throwing her rear leg kick uh, at JJ Aldris while JJ a- Aldris was coming forward or standing still but either way she was able to counter that rear leg kick with a straight right a bunch of times. She even dropped uh, Macy with it once. Um, and, the, and and like the announcer was saying she needs to move her head, but I don't think she needed to move her head. She just needs to wait till J.J. was was moving backwards or to her side because you can't really move your head out of the way of, of that punch as much as you can. take the take the punch away from the person, kick them while they're moving backwards or moving to the side because then they can't counter you with a punch. You can't counter with a punch while you're moving backwards. But whatever, she got countered a few times, re- regrouped in the in the uh, in the corner to move forward more. She changed it up. She moved forward more. And she started moving forward and she caught her with a power hook. Uh, I think it was a left hook. And then she moved forward, got her against the cage need her and they just start pounding with the right
1: hooks and the referee stopped the fight. She got hurt. JJ Aldris got hurt yeah. with that right hook. Yeah. And just covered her face. Yeah. So like she got she, she, she got, got seriously hurt. Just covered up and then the ref had to stop it. Yeah. So But she's uh, twenty. To be that composed at twenty she
0: is just to listen to her talk too about her plans and her this and that. When I hear these twenty year olds talking about that, it's like I just can't imagine it. I mean, I always try to put myself in into the, pers- you know, in perspective and think about me when I was that age. And I was like, I was fighting at that age and I was a pro at that age. But I was just like, yeah, me fight. Yeah, like fight. I just can't imagine being that articulate and being that charismatic and being that, you know, just just being that much of a complete entertainer. It's like she's she's an entertaining personality and she has the skill to back it up. So... I see her going far.
1: Yeah, it was a good performance. Uh, it was. For sure. Faux show. Sure. But yeah, she she did eat a lot of those counters. They didn't. The and one of them dropped her a little bit, but she she's pretty tough.
0: Yeah, she admitted it. She admitted, it, hey, I got hurt in that first round. It was like I got she got rocked. Just like Steven Wonderboy Thompson in the in the ER, he did a FaceTime or a, a live feed and he said all I remember was him beating the shit out of him, basically, and he was bleeding, and then next thing I remember, I was in the dressing room, and people told me I lost. So he got knocked out pretty goddamn bad. It was it was, it was was a bad knockout, so... But he's all right. He's all right. I hope he, he needs to take some time off, uh, just to heal from, from a brain injury like that. I mean, if you don't remember anything for that long, a period, you need to take a break. Um, I hope he does. Um... But that was that was a good card. It was a good card. It was, it was a really good card. So uh, I'm looking forward to that one. We're gonna be reporting on the next card, which will be Barbosa Um, But other than that, Bing. I mean, what do you think? What else you got? You got anything else going I got, on? I got some. I got some. Uh, I'm working on. I'm always working on stuff to keep you guys and us safe. It's stuff I teach my students here, and I want everybody to learn. I mean. I just hear so much stuff about self defense because I'm like the self defense guy. I'm getting emails, texts, tweets, Facebook messages all the time, and people are always like, they think I come off too harsh, like hit him, punch him, punch him first, all that. I get a lot of I get a lot of flack for that, and and what I get is um, that, um, oh. You should de escalate. You should de escalate the person first. Before anything else, you should de escalate the person. Okay, let me tell you what de escalation is. De escalation is like a band aid. If you have a little cut, right, a little cut, put the fucking band aid on first. Put a little bit of neosporin, and you put a band aid on, and it'll heal up. That's what a band aid is for. Because if you don't put the Band-Aid on, you might get an infection. And next thing you know, they're having to cut your arm off for gangrene. Okay, So you do need a Band-Aid. There's a time and a place for a Band-Aid. Now, with that said, if somebody slices your freaking arm and it's almost hanging off, now a Band-Aid isn't going to help. And that's what de-escalation is. It's like a Band-Aid. You need a trauma surgeon now if your arm's almost cut off. Okay, The stuff I'm teaching is like the trauma surgeon. It's too late for de-escalation. De-escalation, is there's a time and a place for it. If somebody's over there and they're like, Hey, you just cut me off, dude. I'm like, Hey, I'm sorry, man. I'm a terrible driver. I'm really sorry. If someone's in my face like this, there's no de-escalation. You need a trauma surgeon now. Oh, By the time someone gets this close to your face, you have to assume... That de-escalation is, is not an option anymore, they're about to hurt you. Because if you don't assume that, it's fucking too late and they're gonna. Nobody nobody belongs this close to your face in a street fight situation when they're aggressive manner. There's there's never a reason. They don't belong here. So their de-escalation's great. If it's on the other side of the room, or if it's on, on on the telephone, or if you get home late from partying with your friends, you got a blowjob at the bar, you come home and your wife is like all pissed off, de escalator Yeah, de-escalate your wife.
1: But some, you might need a trauma surgeon on that one, but just... just yeah, if it was one of, if it was either one of our wives. That's, that's not a band-aid situation. No. Anyway, I'm sorry. sorry. I interrupted. Go Go ahead.
0: Alright, point taken.
1: Yeah, you're right. That New was a scenario. That, that scenario. was a
0: bad, bad scenario. Okay. The blowjob thing, yeah. That's a plastic, that's a that's a plastic surgeon and a trauma surgeon. Okay, so let's say you you cut someone off, but they're kind of standing over there and they're yelling at you. Okay, then you try to de-escalate. If there's room between you, right? If there's distance between you and getting killed, then okay, try to de-escalate them. But once they're here, once they're here, guys. There's no more de-escalating. That de-escalating is done. You can't de-escalate anymore. They can hurt you from here. They, if, they're, if they're fucking ballsy enough and aggressive enough to get this close to your face, you need to assume that they have it in them to try to hurt you. So you have to, instead of de-escalate, you have to pre-escalate. Okay? And by pre-escalate, I mean you have to be preemptive and hit them before they hit you. Because, I mean, what's your what's your alternative? Let them hit you first? There's no alternative. You can't de-escalate anymore. So that's when you pre-escalate. And that means you have to pre. You have to hit them before they hit you. Because they're the ones you're trying to de-escalate. So you have to pre-escalate on them. What do you think about that?
1: Pre-escalate. Yeah, I think uh, I, I hear what you're saying. What about with... Uh... Jorge Masvidal, what was he doing? Was that a pre-escalate or a <laughs> what should uh... that was okay? That wasn't either. Let me tell you what that was.
0: What what Jorge did, I'm not saying it was right or wrong because I wasn't there, but from from the video, from what I heard, he did not de-escalate. Who
1: was that? Leon Edwards.
0: Leon Edwards. So he what did, d-
1: did Leon Edwards de-escalate? No, let me.
0: Okay, let's go to <laughs> let's see what Masvidal did first. I'm gonna tell you what he did. Masvidal did not de-escalate, right? He did not try to calm it down. He did not try to make it smaller, right? He did not de-escalate. He also didn't pre-escalate, okay? What he did was just fucking straight up escalate. He just escalated it. He's talking to the guy getting interviewed, and then he went and got in someone's face. He escalated it, okay? He escalated all the way through. And what, and what uh, Leon Edwards did, from what I saw, he didn't really pre-escalate it or de-escalate it. He just, got, he just got punched in the face. So he didn't do either. So it was all on Masvidal. He escalated it. And what you want to stop if somebody's trying to escalate on your face is you want to pre-escalate. In other words, you want to get off first. Or if you can, you want to de-escalate them so they don't want to get and hurt you, right? So you either want to de-escalate them over here or pre-escalate them over here. I hear you.
1: Bing! So hurry Mas, yeah, that was not he a just escalated.
0: Situation. No, that's not... When you have two fighters, it's not really a street situation. Just like when you see... They want to fight. Right. When you see Mayweather in people's faces, and, when it's two trained fighters, trained fighters... And they're doing stuff behind the scenes. It's different than, than, than laymen. It really is. Because they're fighters. Like, when you see Hussein Bolt, right, running the 100, right, that's not normal. That's not like, oh, I'm going to run away from the guy. And you're watching Hussein Bolt. And you go, yeah, I'm going to get away. When you're watching him do it, it's different. It's di- when you, Don't even think of doing what they do. Don't think of doing what Hussein Balt does. Don't think of like watching these NBA guys go, yeah, I'm going to slam a couple down at the park. You're not there. And you're not there either when it comes to a fighter. You're not a fucking pro fighter. you got to just defend your life so you can get home to your family. And sometimes that means you got to de-escalate. And sometimes it means you have to pre-escalate. But don't ever be the escalate-er. Uh-huh. No, no, er, not er, e.
1: You don't want to be the escalator, e. Escalator. The escalate e. Okay. Because. You don't need need to be Jorge Masvidal either, and and create a problem where there isn't one.
0: No, you don't. But we don't know what that problem was. It wasn't. The guy was on the other side of a fence. But it was. But we don't know. First of all, the two fighters. Then what if? What if he was saying, hey, you're a punk, I want to fight you. If that you.
1: situation went down at a bar and there was video, the guy that went over and caused it, doesn't matter what the person no. was saying. No,
0: you're, you're 100% right. In fact, you're 1,000% right. But let me tell you the difference. This wasn't a bar and it wasn't two fucking drunken fools. This was two of the highest ranking level fighters on the planet. That's what they do for a living. So when they want to step up to each other, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah, that's what they do now. I, if if if, if Leon uh, was walking over to say you're a punk, I'll kick your ass. Okay, if if Michael Phelps was telling some guy, Hey, I could out swim you, you motherfucker, and it was another swimmer here being interviewed, so he goes, Oh, yeah, and they both jumped in the pool and started swimming. What, what's the harm? No harm, no foul. If two fighters want to fight, let them fight. Okay, okay. Let, okay. okay I'll, let me put it in terms you can understand. Please. I'm going to put it in terms where... Um, let, okay, watch this. Okay. Okay. I'm going to put it in terms... Watch this. I'm going to put them on the spot. All right. So what's your favorite... What, what do you think is your best surgery? That you can just make a killing every time and save a fucking limb or, or a joint or whatever you guys do. All right, knee replacement. Okay, knee replacement. Okay. So your favorite... You, you're the knee replacement guy. So you're you just got done doing your knee replacement and there's a and there's there's somebody interviewing you about your knee replacement. It happens all the time. <laughs> Whatever, just say it does. We just play along with me here. Okay, now you got some other guy from fucking Santa Maria. He's not even f- coming, he's not even up to your level. He's from Santa Maria. He's from freaking Santa Maria. And he's walking with his other little surgeon friends, and they're walking, and he goes up to you, he goes, Hey Casper. You got no I got you got nothing on me with your knee replacements. I can fucking out knee replacement you any day of the week. Okay, so you said, Aria? Okay. So you went over and you did a knee replacement right right next to him with the knee replacement. Should you go to prison for that? You're out knee replacing him. <laughs> it's the same thing as two fighters fighting. It's the exact same thing.
1: So if boxers are two professional boxers, should they be able to hit each other outside of the boxing ring?
0: If they, if they, if one guy, if they both are agreeing, like one guy saying, fuck, I could kick your ass. And the other guy goes up to him and goes, you just said you can kick my ass. Let's do it. Yes. If two basketball players want to have a shoot off. Yes. If two sprinters want to have a sprint off. Yes. If two athletes want to compete against each other, then I think they should be allowed to. Yeah,
1: go do it in a sanctioned place, not in a concrete or where someone could get seriously but, hurt. So if Leon... So, if, so they, if these two guys should be okay to just slam each other in the concrete you think, there? If that's what they agree uh, on
0: and they want to do it. If Leon was just walking by and he wasn't saying anything, and he was just walking by, and then Marsfordall just rushed him and hit him, I think Marsfordall should go to jail. But if Leon was saying, I'll kick your ass, I'll kick your ass, I'll do this and this, and he's threatening or challenging him, I think by Marsfordall accepting his challenge, I don't think there's anything wrong with that.
1: Yeah. To heck with all the innocent bystanders all There's no, innocent, it was them and that
0: It wasn't like. There was it, no one else around? It wasn't, you're not going to get hurt by one guy getting hit. I don't, the, I don't how's think. How's the other guy's going to get hurt? I don't
1: think anyone did anything anyway, did they? Was there No, and who else, else would
0: have got hurt? What, are they going to get hurt by flying saliva? Flying no, fists? There was a flying fist. Mars is pretty accurate <laughs> with his fists. So I'm telling you, I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you if fucking some Santa Maria guy, Santa Maria surgeon came by... What are you by,
1: talking about? There's a lot of good surgeons in Santa Maria. Whatever.
0: And, and some Santa Maria guy said, I could out out, uh, out you're, you're knee right. replacement you. Okay. And you said, yeah, you're on, bro. And you guys did your little knee replacement and shit, put the surgeon, you put the ligaments and all the fucking patella and all that shit back. And then you go, yeah, you're on. And then they did... the Somebody came and, and gave you... You know, raised your hand. Yeah, you you you'd be all for that, wouldn't you?
1: Anyway, so <laughs> did you see the movie? Here, as a change of subject, it's going nowhere. I watched a good movie the other night, Death Wish, the remake. It reminded me of you. Is the only reason I'm bringing it up because the beginning of the movie, I forget who the character was, but they were something happened before the police got there. And the character said, you, you know, you can't wait for the police. You have to be your own police. It was, I've seen, I've heard you say that many times. You, you be your own 911. But it the, just, it reminded me of you. There was a difference here. The difference
0: was, I say, if you are being physically attacked, like real time, you're being physically attacked, do not wait for the cops to defend your life. But if somebody's trying to steal one of your horses and you shoot them for doing that, unless you're in Arizona... Wyoming or Texas you're going to fucking jail and that's what he did he was like shooting people that were trying to steal his cattle or something I say you can't do that I think you should be able to legally I think morally I think anyone who tries to steal your cattle deserves but to the die.
1: lesson wasn't about that it was about the yeah. fact that his family was injured and he was going to protect his family and he was telling him basically you know you can call the police that's fine but they may take a little while to get. So there. you think
0: he was using the cattle as a metaphor? Yes. Okay. So with that said, yes. But anyway,
1: I, th- I thought just the movie. I didn't. Uh, Bruce Willis was in a good recent movie as a remake, but it was. It was a uh, remake. It's just a mindless action movie, but it was good. It was, it was not well mind- made. It was well made. Excuse me. Excuse me. Well, it, it did
0: remind. It reminded me of you. And it wasn't mindless at all. It was a very. <laughs> it had a very good plot to it, and the original with Charles Bronson. Death was was the
1: great show. So expanding to movie reviews. And don't you
0: think? Do you would, think if someone if someone killed your family member, don't you think you should be able to kill them?
1: Wow, that's a deep con- It is a will, deep one. But we'll, you got
0: you got four kids, so watch your we'll when continue you this them. next
1: time. But anyway, I I got to get to class. I'm going to be late to class. All right, so good talk, John. Lots to think over. <laughs> this is over alright guys All right. thanks and, and
0: spread the word about this great podcast please YouTube I mean not YouTube but we're on iTunes and uh, and SoundCloud and I do put them up I do put bits and pieces of this up on uh, on YouTube I don't like to put the whole thing up because it's, it's kind of long for a YouTube but I do take out some of the bits and pieces of it and it's there too so check us out keep watching us thanks for the support alright see y'all next time